Happy Sabbath. Once again, it is a beautiful experience whenever we get in front of the word of God and God's word is proclaimed because when God proclaims his word, it's his means of activating things in our life. God spoke and it was done. He said, let there be light and there was light. The word of God has power. So if you want power in your life, it's not going to come from a socket. It's not going to come from a power bank. It's going to come from the word of God. Hallelujah, somebody. We are in a new series called Make the Move because I believe that it is time to start making moves. And we understood last week that the miracle is in the move. When you move based upon God's direction, God will activate action in your life. I don't know what you need to move on, but please take a move. And if you haven't heard that sermon, you can find us on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, YouTube, uh, under the tag Jakarta Century Church. Please get out there and, and be blessed by the word. Today, I bring you installation number two, and I want to pick up our text of preaching from Genesis chapter 22 and verse number one. Genesis chapter 22 and verse number one. Has, has, some, has somebody ever given you something and wanted it back? Has somebody ever said, here is a gift, but then after some time they say, give me back my gift. In the story that we're about to read, God gives a father a son. But then God says, I want you to give my son back. Why did God want the son back? The word of God says in verse number one, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. The name Abraham means the father of many. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. I love that. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Please underscore that. Of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we, we will come back to you. That's a beautiful expression of faith right there. Verse number six. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he looked and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and two of them. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said for the second time. Here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? A very interesting question. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. 
So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid on him, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, 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 Abraham. So he said, here I am the third time. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son. The message is titled today, The Power is in the Release. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up on a burnt offering instead of his son. The power, the miracle is in the release. The miracle is in the release. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for the release of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you may release power. For it is not by might, but it is by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Abraham settles down in Beersheba. Beersheba means a place of seven wells. Uh, there Abraham settles down. He has a son now. The son has been growing. Everything is good. He is a rich man. His wife is happy because she has a son. No more crafting plans about sleeping with Hagar. They have come to a place of complete success. They have wealth. They have health. They have a legacy in their son. And life is good. And they're at a place of retirement. They are ready to ride off into the sunset of their lives. But God calls Abraham one more time. I don't know how God called Abraham. I don't know if God used an SMS, Frankie. I don't know if God used a DM, Sister Lydia. I don't know if God sent an email. I don't know if God sent a phone call. But God called Abraham one more time. And Abraham responded. And he said, here I am. Like a student in class, when a teacher asks a question, Abraham raised his hand and he said, here I am. And God spills the beans to Abraham and he tells Abraham, news that I cannot imagine, that a parent cannot imagine. But God says to Abraham, take now your son. The one who belongs to you, your son, Gun, 
not only your son, but your only son. In case you don't know this son, his name is Isaac. And in case you don't really understand it, the one that you really love, your one and only, I want you to take him to the land of Moriah and offer him and release him there as a sacrifice for me on one of the mountains of which I will tell you of. God is asking Abraham uh, to release his one and only. His one and only son. His precious possession. The son that he prayed for. The son that he waited for 25 years for God to provide. The son that he had tried to provide for himself through Ishmael. The son that he fasted for. The son that his legacy was tied up in. That was the son that he loved. The one whom his emotions were tied up in. The son that he put as a screensaver on his cell phone. The son that he put as a, as a photo frame in his office. The son that he would have him with him every day as he went to check on his flocks. The one and only and the request of God to release this one and only son goes against everything that he knows about God because God is asking for a child sacrifice but yet God still makes a request I want you to release your one and only what is your one and only right now what is your one and only is it that one and only job is it that one and only bank account? Is it that one and only husband? Is it that one and only wife? Is it that one and only computer? Is it that one and only pair of shoes? Is it that one and only favorite suit? What is your one and only? What is your precious possession? What is that one thing that your life, your very existence is tied up into it? If it is gone, you no longer have life. If it is divested from you, you no longer see a reason of living. If you lose it, it's as if you have lost your life. But I want you to know that God will come for your one and only. God wants to take what the very thing that he has given to you because the very essence of your connection with God is for you to be tested. For you to be tested in the very thing that you consider so dear in your life. I have news for you today and you may not like it. God is coming for your one and only. You see, in education, there is an, a cycle of teaching and testing. A teacher will teach and the teacher will test. The teacher teaches and the student takes tests. I want you to understand that the day you gave your life to Jesus, you applied and you were enrolled in a school of faith. And the essence of a school is that you will be tested. And for some of us, 2021 2020 has been a test 
But I need you to know that that is the essence of the school of faith. And before you start to say, why is God testing me? Why is God putting me through a difficult situation? I want you to know that Jesus Christ was tested at the moment in which he was baptized. The moment when God said, this is my one and only son. God put Jesus through a six-week test in the wilderness. And it happens that the moment you are elevated, the moment that you feel that you are good with God, that is the moment God thinks he needs to test you. And so I like for us to say, like James says, consider all joy when you go through different tests. Because the testing of your faith is going to produce something wonderful and powerful in you. And the essence of a test, hear me carefully, is for you to know where you are in the level of your education. The reason a teacher is testing you is not to destroy you is to make sure that you are building up the necessary knowledge that you need in order to survive in the real world. And so God understands that I need to put my child through a level of faith so that he can recognize and see where his level of faith is. I'm getting somewhere right here. You see, for some of you, 2021 was necessary for you to realize the level of your faith. For some of you, you learned that your faith was not as strong because you were so afraid to get the virus and you thought that if you get the virus your life is over but God wanted you to understand that your faith is not tied up in your fears your faith should be tied up in God so for, for some of you learned that just because I don't have money it doesn't mean that I've lost everything but God allowed you to elevate yourself to realize that the more I depend on God to provide for my needs I'm gonna be all right for some of you had to learn that because people walked out of your life it didn't mean that life is over. God was helping you to see that in that moment, you should not have your faith placed in a person. Your faith should be placed in God. And so faith, hear me carefully, a test of faith allows you to elevate your faith for you to see. And so do not run away from tests of God. But use those as opportunities to grow for God to show you that he is intending to bless you and make you what you should be. You see, Abraham needs to go to a place to release his son. And God says, I want you to leave your place and go to a land that I will show you. The land of Moriah. At this particular point in the life of Abraham, he was living in Beersheba, a place of seven wells. What he needed to do is to travel 50 miles from Beersheba to Mount Moriah near Jerusalem. And so Abraham does not know the precise location, but simply God says, I want you to move. I want you to move. I say it again. I want you to move to a place that I'm going to show you. I, he doesn't know the precise location, but he has a general idea about the location, but he must move anyway. To the land that God is going to show him. You see, this is uncomfortable for us because we live, Sister Lydia, in a generation of Google Maps. 
You see, when somebody tells you that I want you to come and see me, the first thing that you ask for is an address. And the moment that they send you the address, the, you take the address and punch it into your Google Maps. If you don't have a car like me, you will see, should I take a grab bike or should I take a grab car? And you will see, is this journey going to take me seven minutes or ten minutes or an hour? Where am I going to travel? Am I going to use Rasuna Said, Gatu Sobroto? Am I going to get on the toll road? Am I going to use Sudirman? Am I going to get on, on Jalan, Kota Casablanca? You will see all of the details. It is even going to tell you. It is ever going to tell you the amount of traffic on the path you're going to travel. And if you see that there's too much traffic, Frankie, you decide that I want to use another direction. But here Abraham is not moving with Google Maps. Abraham is moving with God's map. Mm. That is, I don't know the direction. I don't know the precise details. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but God is going to show me. I'm going to move because God has said I need to move. And so you don't need to always know the direction. You don't need to know the details in order for you to move. God simply will tell you, I will show you. God will simply tell you, I will tell you when it's time, but have enough faith in me to move at this particular moment. You see, faith is moving blind while holding on to God's word. The only thing that Abraham had is that I will show you, but yet he was moving. I need you to learn, and I need us to learn, that we should not move based upon how we plan. We should not move based upon knowing all the details, all the facts. We need to move based upon the promise of God. If God says that I will provide all of your needs, why are you worried about that? If God tells you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Why are you worried about adding things? Seek him first. If God tells you that I will forgive you of your sins, why do you think you need to make penance before God gives you forgiveness? You don't need to move based upon the facts. You don't need to move based upon your failures. You don't need to move based upon what people are telling you. You need to move based upon God's promise. I will show you. I want you to understand that God is never going to give you sneak peeks. God is not going to give you previews or trailers. You know how it is when you want to watch a movie. For those of you who watch movies, I watch movies sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We, we like to watch the trailer. We want a sneak peek to know, is this a good movie or not? Should I go? Should I not? But God is not going to give you a sneak peek. He will simply tell you, I am the director of your life. You are the actor. Allow me to direct in which way the movie of your life is supposed to play out you see we like to rate a place we like to know the stars of the hotel how many stars does it have we we, we want to know what is the rating of the airline we want to know what is the rating of the 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 gadget we want to know before we we, we start we want to know the stars but with god you don't need to know the stars all you need to do is to start moving you see obedience let me tell you obedience it doesn't require thinking, it requires action. We need to be careful that we don't allow our chattering brain to be activated. You see, if Abraham would have really thought about this request of God, 
He could have been thinking to himself, God, you must be crazy. This child you have given me has taken everything from me. I have prayed about it. I've invested in it. Now you want to take it. God, I don't think that this is, this is really coming from you. You see, Abraham could have consulted his friends. You know, I have this impression from God that I should, I should release my son. I should sacrifice my son. Do you really think that this is what God is calling me? And perhaps a friend could have been, you, you, know, um, uh, you know, Abraham. The, the, the thing with the matter is this. You know, God doesn't like child sacrifice. And, and, and remember that the devil can also talk. So I think right, I think right here, Abraham, you got to watch out because I think that, I don't think that God is asking you to do this. And so when we allow our chattering brain to take over, then we start making excuses. We start coming up with alibis and we start thinking about what we shouldn't and how we shouldn't do this. And, and the more we think about it, the commands of God start to not make sense. It doesn't start to make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense for God to ask you to give something back to him when the bills are piling up. It doesn't make sense for you not to be afraid when God is saying, do not be afraid, but you feel fear in your heart. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for, for, for God to ask Abraham to release his own son. Uh, but God, but Abraham does not think about what doesn't make sense. God follows God, Abraham follows God's sense. And so Abraham is moving in a direction that he doesn't know. And notice that he is, he is moving for three days. Eventually he lifts up his head. He looks and, and he can see the place that he needs to go. He doesn't know the precise location, but he can see the place he needs to go. I, I, I'm wondering to myself right here in the, in the story... How does Abraham know, how does Abraham know to look up? He's been traveling for three days. That is 72 hours. Can you imagine? For 72 hours he's been moving. He doesn't know where he's going. But on the third day, after 72 hours, he lifts up his head. I want to believe and I want to understand that because of his connection with God, at that particular moment, God was able to impress, impress him to look up. You see, not everything is detailed in the Bible. Not everything in your life is detailed in the word of God. Some things you will only know when you're moving with God in your life. God will impress it. God will show it. And you will simply recognize that this is what I need to do at this particular moment. It may not make sense to those around you. You may not fully understand it. But it will be clear in your mind that this is the moment I need to look up. And so I want to believe that because of Abraham's connection with God, his impression came to him, I need to look up. And when he looked up, God spoke to him and said, Abraham, that is the place. Now, because he had to look up, it means that he was looking down. Now, now watch this right here. Because he, he, he has to look up, it means that his, his head was looking down. And you know how it is when you go to places. Especially when you're climbing, you're climbing steps. You read the sign, watch your step. Why? Because they want you to be careful how you're stepping so you don't slip. <laughs> they want you to be careful so that you don't hurt yourself. 
So I want to believe that Abraham was moving for three days, not so much focused on the place he was going, but he was watching his step. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a step. Hear me carefully. When you're moving with God, you don't need to focus on the destination. You need to watch your step. It's one step at a time. It's moving one day at a time. It's moving one week at a time. It is moving one month at a time because you only have this moment. You don't have tomorrow. You have now. You don't have you don't have the next hour. You have this moment. And so don't focus too much on what's ahead. Take a step right now. What is the step that you need to be taking? And please watch your step because if you move too fast, you might slip. If you move too slow, you might not move right in the right direction. So Abraham is moving according to God's direction. Yes, move one step at a time. We don't need to rush. Life is not a sprint. Life is a marathon. Life is not a run. Life is a walk. Take your step. Why are you so worried about your future? Think about this moment right here. What is God trying to produce in your life? What is God trying to resurrect in you that's been dead, that he can only do at this precise moment? Yes, for sure, I, I, I have not enjoyed preaching in front of a camera week after week. But I believe that God has been doing something in me as a preacher. He's been producing something in me as a preacher to help me uh, to develop. And so even though I do not like talking to a camera, even though I don't like not seeing you, but God is doing something in me. And so in your season, whatever your season you find yourself in, make sure that you're not moving too fast. Make sure that you're moving accordingly so that God will properly produce what he needs to produce in you. Perhaps this moment is when God is preparing you to be the CEO that you need to be. Perhaps in this moment, God's preparing you to be the boss that you need to be. God is preparing you to be the husband or the wife that you need to be. God is preparing you to be the manager that you need to be. But if you rush ahead and move ahead of God, you might fall and slip. So please, watch your step. And so Abraham is moving. He's not alone. Abraham is, is not alone. Somebody please help me on the screen. The PowerPoint has, has gone off. Abraham, on my computer, Abraham, it just push play. Just push play. <clears throat> See, that's what we call moving one step at a time. You know, I was trying to rush ahead, but God said, hey, Henry, slow down the sermon. You know what I mean? So that we can get there. You know what I mean? You're going you're to finish this sermon. Hallelujah, somebody. Just push play, Frankie. Now, we're good. We're good. So here, Abraham is moving. He's not alone. He is with his servants, his, his young men. Thank you, Frankie. I appreciate you, my brother. So he's moving. He's not alone. He's with his servants. He's with his donkey. He's with his, his son. The wood for the sacrifice has been prepared. And he comes to the foot of the mountain. And what he does is he tells the servants, stay here. Me and my son are going to go to go up. So Abraham unloads the donkey. 
he takes the wood that is prepared for the sacrifice and put it, puts it on the back of his son. He takes in his hand a knife and fire for the burnt sacrifice. And his son, Isaac, they're now moving and hiking up the mountain. Now, now you see children, they learn by mimicking their parents. <clears throat> that is what they see you do, they will do the same. Uh, Isaac was a smart boy. He had been growing and seeing his father sacrificing many animals. And what he knew was this. When you sacrifice an animal, you should not only have the wood, you should not only have the knife or uh, the fire, but there needs to be an animal. And so the curious boy turns to his father, uh, Daddy, you have taught me. That whenever we sacrifice, there always needs to be an animal. So I, I see the wood. I see the fire. I know we're going to find the stones for the altar up there. But daddy, daddy, where is the lamb? And the one critical component, we don't have it. Where is it, daddy? And daddy says to his son, he says, my, my, my son, my, my son, God will provide for himself a lamb for burnt offering. God will, will provide. Now, now, I need you to see here something in the text that we often miss. What, what, what provide may be the right word in this particular text. But in reality, the, the right Hebrew expression is, Abraham says, God will see for himself. God will see because in this story God has been telling Abraham I will show you where you need to go after three days Abraham is able to see and hear God Abraham is saying I don't know my son but God is going to see for himself what we need what we need to do you and I is to continue moving together hear me carefully my brother and my sister God already knows what he needs you may not see what he needs but what you need to do is to continue moving you need to continue taking steps and therefore you need to move knowing that God will reveal will show Show you for himself what he needs. You don't need to provide for God. Hallelujah, somebody. God doesn't need you to provide for him. God doesn't need an allowance. God doesn't need. He himself will provide what he needs. You simply need to continue going so that you can see what he'll provide. So Abraham is telling his son, son, don't worry about this. God will show himself what he needs uh, to provide. And so father and son, they hike up uh, the mountain. They hike up the mountain and Abraham is carrying uh, the fire and he's carrying the knife. The son is carrying the wood on his back. They're making one step. At a time, they get to the peak of the mountain. And there Abraham looks around and he sees that there are stones around. And he collects a stone there. He brings a stone from over there. And he stacks one stone after the other. 
And then he takes the wood that his son has been carrying and he puts the wood nicely and he arranges it on the, 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 the altar there. But now the critical moment comes, where is the lamb? And father turns to his son and he looks at his son he says, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult conversation here now because this is his beloved son. But he turns to his son and he, he says to his son, son, uh, I have always taught you that whenever God asks us to do something, we should do it, even if it's difficult. The truth of the matter is that God has told me to sacrifice you. Son, I don't understand it myself. Because I love you. You're my one and only. I would do anything for you. I would die for you. But God has asked me to, to sacrifice you. It's difficult for me to do this. But, but this is what God is asking me to do. I, I need you to help me to do this. You, you can run away. I know. You can fight me, I know. I'm an older man, you are, you are, I know. But this is what God is asking me to do. I don't know it, son. I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense to me, but this is what God is asking me. Son says, all right, daddy. It's okay. So Abraham takes his son. He, he ties him up. He ties his hands and he ties his feet. And he takes the knife now and he is about to slice, to sever the carotid artery this this artery right here that connects that that moves blood he's about to slice it he's about to do it but then at that precise moment at that precise moment he hears a voice from heaven and God speaks to him and says Abraham 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 and once again for the third time Abraham says here I am for the third time, he responds, here I am. That means that from the time that God gave the request to the time that his son asked about the lamb, to the time that God calls him again, Abraham's attitude never changed in spite of his emotions. That is, Abraham knew it was very hard, but he was not being directed by his emotions. He was being directed by his attitude. His mind was overriding his very emotions. And so at every precise moment when we are moving with God, it's not about how we feel about the situation. It's about what we tell ourselves. The decisions that we make should be directing us forward. And so Abraham says, here I am, God. What is it that you want to, to, to tell me now? I believe if God has said, I want you to cut him this way, Abraham would have, would have obeyed. But this is a beautiful moment because it is the interruption that he needs. Because God can see that Abraham was willing to release his son. A guy can see that Abraham is willing to let go of his one and only precious thing. And God says, don't touch him, Abraham. Don't, don't, don't touch him. Because now I know, now I know that you fear me. Now I know that you are not willing to withhold anything from me. And now I know that you are willing uh, to release it. And at that particular moment, 
once again, for the second time, Abraham lifts up his head. I told you, Abraham was always focused on the moment. But when the moment uh, on the step, but now God is able to speak to him. Abraham, this is not the step that I want you to take because you've already, you've already aced it. You've already shown me that I'm more important in your life. But now I want you to see, I want you to see that there is what I am providing for myself. I don't want your son. I wanted your affection. I, don't, I wanted your affection. I don't want your son. I wanted your attention. I don't want your son. I wanted your heart. I don't want your son. I wanted your prioritization of me in your life. And so Abraham is told to look. And he's able to see a lamb caught in a thicket. And here is the, the point of the story. That the miracle came to Abraham because he was willing to release it. The moment he decided to release his son is the moment that God was able to direct the miracle. It's when you release it that God blesses it. It's when you're willing to say, I will let this go because God has asked me to let it go. That is when God is able to bless you because God does not need what you have. God needs you. God needs your heart. God needs your mind. Because if God has your mind, then what you have does not matter to him. And what you have does not matter to you. Because what matters to you is him. And so when you release those precious things, when you release what is dear, then God is able to release what is dear to you. Will you make moves of release? To prioritize God. Will you decide today and say, you know what? I'm going to release it. I'm going to let it go. So that God can be number one. And notice, God is not asking you to let it go. God is simply asking you to prioritize situations in your life. That he can never be number two and number three. Oh, number four, God should always be number one. He needs to be number one over your family. He needs to be number one over your job. He needs to be number one over your career. He needs to be number one over your plans. He needs to be number one over your investment. He needs to be number one over your vacation. It doesn't matter what it is, but it can never be number one in your life. And the question is, are you willing to make a move this year that God will be number one? Perhaps you don't understand me. No more satu. Will you make a move to say, God, you are my first, my best, and my last. God, you are the first person I will think about in the morning. God, you're the first person I will consult when I'm in a difficulty. God, you're the first person in which I'm willing to invest my resources in. God, I will give you my family. I will give you my wealth. I will give you my wallet. I will give you everything. Are you willing to make moves of release? You see, there are things that I think God is already asking us to do. God wants us to release a day to him in a week. 
Now some of us we think that if we work a little bit harder, if we, 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 we grind and we don't take rest because rest is for the weak people, right? So somehow we think that the more we work and we don't rest, that's a, that's a good thing. We, we show how hard we work. Mm-mm. <clears throat> There's a reason why God created sleep because the more you sleep, the healthier you stay. So God wants us to release a day to him. God wants us to release our nights to him. And rest is, is something that God wants us to do every day. But at least one day God wants us to release it. And in case you think the more you work, the more you're going to be blessed. The Israelites learned that if they didn't release a day to God, they would not find manna on the day. If they didn't release the Sabbath to God, they were not able to find manna. And so will you release the Sabbath to God in 2021? That is God, this is your day. It is not a day for me to do my own thing. It is not a day for me to focus on me. It is a day that I will release to you, God. I will give you my priority. I will make you first in my life. Because when you don't release it to God, it is a curse to you. So God wants you to release your finances to him. I know it doesn't make sense sometimes when God is asking us to release our finances because the bills are tight. The medical bills are high. There is rent to be paid. There is tuition fees to be met. And there is, there, is, there is things we need to do. But God is saying, are you willing to release that 10% for me? Sometimes we say, God, no, I won't give you my 10%. I, I think I can, I can donate it to this organization or to that church that is struggling. God has never asked you for that. He simply says, give it to me. I will decide what to do with it. And I can talk about many things that God is asking us to release. He's asking us to release our jobs, our careers, our families, whatever it is. Because when you release it to him, God is going to bless you. Are you willing to make moves or release? Because the moment you release it, you're going to see a ram caught in a thicket. The miracle is in the release. In case you haven't heard it yet and understood me yet for 2021, is that when you move upon God's word, then the miracle is activated. Some of us are praying, I need a miracle. God is saying, do what I say. <laughs> then I will do what you want. <laughs> so when you release it, when you do what God says, God will show you the thicket. That the ram caught in a thicket. Interestingly enough, it, it, it tells me something. That the, the, the son Isaac, he asked for a lamb. Daddy, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Notice, God doesn't give a lamb. God gives a ram. Because God already knew what he wanted. God already provided himself what he wanted. And so God is not really after your thing. Because he's already going to provide for you what you need. He's simply after your affection. And if you can only release it, God is going to show you a ram caught in a thicket. If you're struggling to pay your bills, but you still need to give back to God, just give to God. Somebody may simply transfer into your account the money that you need. I'm not saying it's going to happen like that, but that's what God can do. Hallelujah, somebody. I need a pair of shoes. Uh, but, but I'm looking, uh, I give God one million a, 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 a month uh, as my tithe, and, and that's all I have. But I need this pair of shoes, these ones are old. And maybe God will understand this month that I don't give you this, this one meal to me, for me to buy this pair of shoes. 
Don't, don't do it. Just give God the pair of shoes and God will show you a ram caught in a thicket. Somebody might simply gift you with a pair of shoes that you need. When we release it, God blesses it. When we let it go, it grows. Hallelujah, somebody. You see, God wants us to understand that he will provide the things that he needs. He doesn't need anything from us. He simply needs our heart. So here is what I need you to understand that miracles are possible today if we make moves of obedience. Because I believe that is where many of us are struggling. Because we think we got it figured out. We got degrees. We got knowledge. We, we, we've been educated and therefore we, we can calculate and make moves. God doesn't need you to make moves. God simply needs you to obey. Lord, I will do what you tell me to do. I'll not question you. I will do what you tell me to do. Notice what God tells Abraham. Because you have done this. Because you have released it. And you have not withheld your son. Your only son. Blessing Frankie. I will bless you. And multiplying you sister Lydia. I will multiply you. And look at this Agun. Descendants as the stars of heaven. And as the sand on the seashore. God is saying. Release it to me. And let me release to you my blessings. Why are you going to keep a seed in your hand when it can grow and become a large field of blessing? God says, don't keep it in your hand. Release it. Let it go so I can bless you. What is it that you need to release this year so that God can bless you? You see, here it is. Abraham learned it. The Lord will provide. He will see to it. He will see to it. That's what you need to think about. Hey, okay, I don't have money to pay the bills. Hey, God is going to see to that. I don't know where I need to take my family, but he wants me to do this. God will see to it. God will provide for himself because you are, are his. He, he loves you. So you just need to take a step of faith and say, God, I am ready to release it. I am ready to, to let it go. God will see. God will take care of me. I don't have to worry about myself. God will take care of me. I'm simply going to release it and see God work miracles in your life. It is time to release things. It's time. It is time to release things right now. For some of you, you need to release your heart to God. Release your, God, your heart to God. Anyway, the heart is deceived and desperately wicked. You don't even know your heart. Release it to God. Don't, don't withhold that cash. Anyway, its love is the root of all evil. So release it. <clears throat> don't withhold that person. Cursed is everyone who makes man his, his arm. Uh, trust God. So, so release. Don't, don't withhold the obedience. Because when you love God, you are saying, I'm going to give God everything. So release it. Don't withhold it. What are the things that you're holding on to today that God is saying, release it? Let it go so that I can bless you. I want 2021 to be a year of release for us. I want God to bless us. I want God to work miracles in our life. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to release it. I'm ready to see my miracles happen. Why don't you join me this morning in committing to God that we're going to release it. We're going to let it go because God has said 
let it go. And the moment you let it go, <laughs> see it grow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the miracle is in the release. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us not to withhold the seed, but help us, Lord, to plant it in obedience and to see you make it grow. You have spoken to our hearts in many different ways. And I pray, Father, that you would activate in us the spirit of obedience, the spirit of release. I pray for my brothers and sisters listening to me, that you give them the courage to release it, even though it's very precious and very dear. And let them see you work mightily in their lives. Father God, thank you. And we appreciate you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. God bless you.